Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. And we have another special guest for you. Like, we're on it with lining up amazing people (laughs) to talk to. Yeah, well, we, we had are. said that was something we wanted to do. And last year, it's like, we just had to figure out how to get two people coordinated right. <laughs> and could not pull a third person no. into this. You got to keep things manageable. That's right. So today we have Michael and Smith, which you might know her as the nester on um, her blog. She's mm-hmm. been there like forever. Yep. Um, since decorating blogs were birthed, she was there. And, um, <laughs> we're birthed. <laughs> And, uh, and she's on Instagram as yeah. the nester. And she's also, I think she maybe just went up a notch that's a little too good for our little podcast mm. here. <laughs> but she's now a New York Times bestselling author. That's so right. so there you go. <laughs> yeah, that just happened like, what, yesterday, Michaelin? It was, yeah, Wednesday, two days ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. So great. So, we're super excited for you, but, um, but we've known her for a long time. A long time. Um, how many, what was it like 10 years ago? Oh my that God. first the Haven Blistum? when we taught a paint class in a pool room. <laughs> That's <laughs> your memory. Well, that? you, you met her at Blistem though, didn't you too? Sean? Yeah, I guess that so. first Maybe. conference where we met each other, she was there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I, I had a, so I'll let you talk in a minute, Michael, but I have to tell the story of when I met you that, <laughs> We were standing on a staircase, like all the home bloggers, and Michael Lynn was like one of the mentors of the home blogger group. And I was standing next to her, and I didn't realize it. And I suddenly, like, kind of looked over and saw it was her, and had this moment of like, I'm standing next to the greatest <laughs> rock star ever. <laughs> and she's like brushing shoulders with me. Anyway, and she's like, "Oh, hi, I love your blog." And I just. <laughs> Just about, don't say that to somebody on the on a staircase. I just about had an accident and <laughs> fell over. You're so great. You know what I remember about that is that's how I felt about you. And then on our flight home, we got to sit next to each other. And we had learned about Instagram there. You were my my very first Instagram post is Miss Mustard Seed sitting next to me on a plane. If you scroll back, yes. was it 10 years ago? I don't know. But we were like, what That's is this funny. Instagram thing? And yep, that was my first post. Man. I remember that we did a... So what was funny is we were on the same flight and I'm like oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could sit together? So I'm trying to like orchestrate it. And as I'm orchestrating it, I'm like, you know, she really might want to sit by herself and like she, take a moment and not sit next to this moment. person who's going to be like, please tell me everything about blogging. And right. <laughs> like oh my everything. gosh, you're underestimating yourself back then. I felt the same way about you. And it was, we couldn't stop talking the whole flight home, which is rare for me after a conference, but we just had some things in common and it was so fun. I miss, I miss the conference days. Do you guys still go yeah. to any? Yeah. No, not in a long time. Not it's me. just too, um, it, it's just, has been too much to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. So the last one I went to was God, maybe like three or four years ago. Yeah. But I'm, I miss them too. That I think it's so different th- now because we then like, like you just shared, Instagram was just coming around. We were kind of on Twitter. And so we, mm-hmm. we were all kind of little individual silos that, that tried to connect with one another 
and you know, the conferences were then the best way to do that. Whereas now we can kind of all hang out together yeah. in yeah. the social media spaces. This is true. And I have to tell real quick the story I remember about meeting Shauna, which I'm sure we probably did meet at Blistem, <laughs> but I remember at Haven somehow I ended up in your room jumping on your bed and you were sick in bed with a fever, I think. I know. <laughs> Why did that happen? I don't understand. I don't know happening. at all. I think you met someone or talked to someone. They mentioned I was sick and you were like, well, I'm going to go meet her and say hello. <laughs> and you walked in. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It was actually a really funny, funny moment. I still have the picture. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> you're holding your shoes jumping on my bed okay I think I just wanted to meet you so bad and you had couldn't come to the conference really you're no. stuck in bed no, no like I was like having kidney problems oh my god <laughs> I told Mary I'm like ah, you know I really think and that's this is classic me I really think I'm okay maybe I've just got a, a little bug or something two days later I'm in the hospital oh my goodness <laughs> so, Poor thing. yeah and she gets up and is like teaching yeah and oh then, my gosh <laughs> Well, we're so there's our little backstory with mm -hmm. with Michael and but um, she so she's just come out with her. It's her third book um, yeah. called Welcome Home. And we wanted to talk to her about her book, but also about. So what I've always really re admired and respected about Michael Lynn is she, at least from a, you know, from my vantage point, has always been really intentional about what you're doing yeah. and um maybe it just looks that way you kind of <laughs> pull it maybe off. you're winging it but it doesn't <laughs> look like it <laughs> but it always looks very intentional and I think it's it's always you I I don't see and I I felt this and I I even heard this from you in our conversation on the airplane um you were just very unapologetic about the business of blogging and that it's your business and you need to treat it like a business and treat it seriously. Like that was such an impactful conversation for me about, okay, this, this is, uh, this is a business. I can treat it that way from a business perspective. And, um, yeah, so I've, I've always just really respected that about you. And I'd love for you to share sort of how you've managed to stay true to yourself while you're, you know, creating in this online space where you're around all these other creatives, you're getting all this feedback all the time. How have you kind of managed to do that? I love that question. And I love talking mm -hmm. business and shop. It's my favorite thing. More than talking about home. I like talking about those. Business <laughs> and um, I think from the moment I started, it had to be a business for me. So I knew that um, this wasn't just a fun hobby. Like I could only spend time on this because I was taking away time at the time I was homeschooling my kids. So I knew I gave myself like six months and if I could make money from it, then I could continue and it would be worth the time. Otherwise I had, you know, I was making, I was selling things in an Etsy shop at the time I was doing uh, little festivals. So I had a limited amount of time and I knew in my free time, I wanted to do something that brought in income for our family. And so I gave this, a moment of time to see if I could make it work. And if not, I was willing to move on. And mm -hmm. I was able to make it work thanks to really thanks to um, places like Blistem, where I got to learn mm -hmm. the business of how to monetize, you know, what you're doing online, which I barely even knew how to do anything online. Um, <laughs> but that to move from making physical products 
to this digital world was terrifying, but I have the women like you guys who it's just, I love the openness of the group to be willing to talk about, Hey, have you tried this? Or, Hey, this worked for me or, Hey, this didn't work for me mm -hmm. or whatever that is. The, the graciousness and the generosity of fellow women on the internet is the only reason I have been able to have any kind of business at all. So now I'm in my 13th year of being, uh, having online work, probably 10 of that. I've been the sole breadwinner of our household and I love it. I love that mm. part of it. It's so fun for me. Um, and I love the internet. It's my favorite place to hang out. I just owe it everything. And I love the um, idea of diversification. I like the idea mm -hmm. that um, maybe what worked two years ago might not work now. And that yeah. I find exciting. I mean, it's terrifying, but it's also, <laughs> I think it keeps it fresh. And it, for us creatives, like we need that. Like if I could only continue doing the same things for the next 20 years of my life, that sounds so awful. So I love mm -hmm. uh, the speed of the internet, meaning that like we can have an idea and then we can set it in motion. And, you know, in three weeks, if I want to have an event, I can host an event and I can tell my audience about it. Or if I want to do an ebook or if I want to have a class or whatever it is, we can try it. And if it doesn't work, we can move on and try something else. This is my favorite mm -hmm. part about this online space and running a business through it is we don't have to, you know, get a business license and a permit and have all these people give us permission. We can just try something. And if our audience likes it, then we know it was worth it. Yeah, I think that's one reason why you've been so successful is just your willingness to change and adapt and not, you know, just like, nope, this is this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I've always done it. <laughs> and I think that's what it takes is to continue to evolve. And you've done that really, really well. Yeah, that and <laughs> that and you've always had this. And I think and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from watching from the outside, because I'll tell you this. <laughs> I didn't even remember this until we started talking. But when I walked away from blogging and quit using social media, quit, I didn't read blogs anymore. I still read both of yours. You know, mm -hmm. of course, I, I'm super good friends with Marion, but I mean, I still read Nesting Place. So just so you mm -hmm. know, oh. it's there's always been, to me, an air of just like you said, Marion, very unapologetic, like this is home, this is life, this is reality. Uh, it doesn't have, you know, of course, I got a soft spot for the whole imperfect phrase. It doesn't have <laughs> to be perfect to be beautiful. Um, and I just think it's a voice that's needed, you know, in a mm. sea of uh, then and now, you know, of people who, and no fault to it, we talk about it all the time, you know, their living is to just pump out beauty and not that you're not doing that, but you are approaching it from a different point of view, you know, I think. And um, it's just really refreshing. It feels super approachable. And I think you would make, you know, the person who just absolutely doesn't think they can create the home they want. I feel like you're the voice for them. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Um, so I think that's well, been a huge you. part of it too. It's super refreshing. I love that there's room. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just love that there's room on 
online for us all to be ourselves. Yep. And I know that I've had to learn to approach what I do as a teacher. I'm not a DIY blogger. I'm not yeah. like a creative artist who is um, creating these, whatever, whatever it is, whatever medium you want to use. Mm-hmm. I had to come to terms with the fact that I'm a teacher. So my, yeah. what I put out into the world is going to look different than like Chris loves Julia or then yeah. uh, John and Sherry from young house love. And I've had to come to terms with that, but that's where the sweet mm-hmm. spot is, is where, yeah. you know, your passion with your personality and then how you can enter into the world in a space that you can fully be yourself. And if I try to be like Chris loves Julia and painting and doing, you know, redoing <laughs> my house, all of these, it's not life-giving. Like I burn out because yeah. I've tried to be all these different things or, you know, you step into it. You don't realize you're trying, but you realize, oh, I'm stepping away from being maybe yeah my truest uh, way to approach what the message is that I'm trying to get across. Yeah. Yeah. It's very One cool. thing that I've enjoyed watching um, is the progression of your own personal style and your decorating style, which has yeah. really shifted over the last like, you know, 11 or 12 years that I followed you from, you know, I remember the red twall sofa and you're making these kind of really, um, very elaborate tassels and and it all was very like very traditional and now it's I don't know it's your own thing it's like morphed into this you know it's kind of eclectic it's quirky it's a little modern but there's but you're still using a lot of the same pieces you had so you've kind of carried that style into your own so can you kind of talk through that progression and when you started to I don't know give yourself the freedom to put eye patches on like <laughs> busts with plants coming out of their head and stuff like that. Well, I think it's always been like that. I just haven't all had the, uh, always had the internet to document the changes through time. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. consider what we're wearing. The boots that we wear this year are different than the boots that we wore with the type of uh, skinny leg or bootleg jean that we wore five years ago. So for me, also, as a person who has lived in 14 different homes, the house Mm -hmm. that we live in really kind of whispers to me and dictates the style. And so since I've been online, I've lived in one, two, oh my gosh, three, four, five, maybe different homes. And the Mm -hmm. style of those homes informs how I am now. I'm still my same person, but I hope that in five years, 10 years, 15 years, that my style will continue to evolve. Like, I think that's, what's really fun about it. And that doesn't mean that's the only way, but for me, it's just always been that way. It's just what people saw where we started was when I had a camera and a blog, but five years before that, my style was probably a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's just been fun to watch and it's been fun watching you. Well, t- can you tell us for people who don't follow you on Instagram, which they hopefully will after they listen to this, if they don't already, but can you tell about your current house and kind of how that has dictated the choices that you're making now? Oh, Cause you I live in a to. farmhouse yeah. in rural North Carolina. <laughs> so before, you know, when I was first online, I think, yeah, up until this house. So up until seven years ago, we were renting. So my husband is a visionary and entrepreneur and we would move and 
move and move and move, it felt like. And so we lived in rentals. So I didn't have a lot of control over some of the things in our house, which I call a lovely limitation. So it gave me uh, permission to be more creative in other ways, which I think was really good for me. Even wrote my first book in a rental house. So all those photos mm -hmm. are from a rental. Um, but now we bought a fixer upper. It was built in 1987. So it's not old, but it was built to kind of look old. It's got 12 inch wide pine flooring it has a green metal roof it's on 12 acres we're still like 20 minutes from an ikea which is unbelievable but we're in a farming community outside nice. of charlotte um and so yeah the you know just the the green metal roof when we look outside we see trees and we see we have a pool in the backyard so we see this blue and green everywhere we're looking we're surrounded by that it's a little white house it's barely 2,000 square feet i've got three boys and three cats and a husband and uh, all kinds of animals out here. So um, that's what we moved into. And so that, of course, informed our decisions. But as we moved here, the more traditional stuff, when I paired it with a traditional house that had 12 inch uh, pine boards, if I only had the traditional stuff, it began to feel like kind of cracker barrel-y. So mm -hmm. I knew I had to balance <laughs> it out with things that maybe in my old house, I wouldn't have purchased like more shiny, a little bit fewer, just a few nods to like a modern style because that added that balance to those rustic pieces. It's an old sawmill property. So we have lots of rustic wood. And so that just kind of evolved. I knew I needed some more shiny things. I love, I love matte finishes, but if everything's matte, then I don't know, it just doesn't catch the eye in the same way. So it's challenged me to have more of a country home to balance that out with more unexpected things. So it feels um, more finished, I guess. Yeah, I think that's such a great. So for people who are, are decorating their home and struggling with it, I think that's such a great tip to, you know, listen to your house and what your house is saying and what works in your house, because what while your style, you can still be true to your style, but you can adapt it to make it look the best in that house. And I, I found that when I moved in from a 1940s Cape Cod mm -hmm. to a, you know, 2000 something suburban home, it just didn't, there was this disconnect with some of the pieces that didn't quite work. Yeah. And um, making those adjustments can make a big difference in how your home looks. So is your is your um, background in decorating and design? Or is, has this just been a a passion for you that has evolved into a business when I mean even as a kid all I did was design houses when we played Barbies mm -hmm. I just played with the furniture when we played Glamour Gals do you guys remember Glamour Gals I do yes <laughs> it was all about like decorating that cruise ship and so I've always you know my parents would go out of town and instead of having a raging party I would rearrange their furniture and surprise them. yeah <laughs> so I did um I did oh gosh a couple years of design school and I just, it didn't feel right. It wasn't like mm. having clients and going into homes. I'm a deep, high introvert. It was very uncomfortable for me. It just, I, it was very frustrating because I, it didn't feel like the right fit for me, but I knew I was passionate about home. And there didn't seem like there was a place back in the early nineties for a person like me in the design world. Uh, mm. And also just the whole, um, you know, we back then we didn't have as many people to maybe uh, as mentors in design and in making home. It was kind of Martha Stewart or, you know, whoever was on TV with a design show and that's it. Mm -hmm. So that um, level of formality and kind of um, perfection, which it, no one's saying everything has to be perfect, but I I just, it didn't feel right to me. So I had a few years of being really frustrated and just working on my own home. 
And then in my own town, we um, redid the outside of our house and I started getting clients because people could drive by my house and they remembered what it used to look like. And then they saw what it looked like then. And so I got, you know, little job styling and staging. And I did uh, just like a little week long class of staging and redesign so I could get certified and have just some confidence to kind of charge or feel like I knew what I was doing a little, little bit. Um, but it was still really, really uncomfortable for me. I don't like going in people's houses and moving their recliners around while they're standing there with their arms crossed like that. Mm-hmm. Again, it was so frustrating until the internet and to be able to be in my own home and help people help women who may not hire their own designer, but also are frustrated. They're not sure why their sofa doesn't look good where it is or why they've purchased all the sweet, beautiful things on their mantle. But somehow when they put it all on their mantle, they still don't like the way it looks. That is where I come in. Like I want to help women solve problems, understand universal decorating truths and be able to make their own decisions. But sometimes you just need like a coach or a mentor. And I found that's where I fit. And I don't even have to leave my house. I don't have to put on makeup. I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Love the internet. It's perfect. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your new book, um, Welcome Home. So what did, I mean, I've, I've read it. I'm familiar with your design philosophy and all of that. But for those who aren't, can you share kind of where the idea for the book came from and what it's about? Oh, I, thank you for asking. I would love to. As you guys both know, um, and I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me, a lot of times my books come out of a frustration. And sometimes it's just a frustration with myself, like um, for Welcome Home. So Welcome Home's tagline is a cozy, oh my gosh, cozy, I don't even know, but it's, it's cozy. You should, you should write that down to, somewhere. Memorize it, to decorating and hosting all year round. So it's about uh, seasonal decorating and it's about hosting. Um, and I know for me, especially this time of year, as we are scrolling through Instagram and Pinterest, we are bombarded with gorgeous photos that I am saving, that I am double tapping. Um, but they have like 87 pumpkins on mm-hmm. the and stairs so full of pumpkins that like we know it was just styled that way, but it's not really for human consumption or human walking up the stairs. And as beautiful as as those things are, I felt like the simpler way was not being represented. And it was almost like, Hey, listen, if you want to have a pretty porch, the only way to do this is to invest in like, you got to marry a pumpkin farmer or, or else, you know, mm-hmm. spend your kid's college education on plastic pumpkins. And I felt like, Oh, there's, there's another way. Like we can, it's not one or the other. It's not one is bad and one is good. We can enjoy those beautiful pumpkins, but we can also create a beautiful fall welcoming vignette on our porch without having to uh, have so much plastic decor that we buy from the store that we have to store 10 months out of the year. And so it was just kind of to introduce or to remind us all that there's a simpler way. And so, you know, we use things from creation. It works through all the seasons. We work through the five senses. Uh, And so we add layer of scent and layer of what you taste during every season and seasonal playlists and letting those like work in our home so that all the burden is not just on the visual decor, which listen, I am visual decors, number one fan. That's my problem. Like I can work myself into a frenzy and have 20 bin loads of fall decor. And that just got tiring. I didn't want that to be my Mm -hmm. life. So it really came from that. Yeah, I I love that philosophy because I, I share that as well, that I, I just, I don't want to have a bunch of stuff. And I think you hit this point beautifully in your book, how um, it's, 
um, the seasons are displayed so beautifully in nature that we can just bring that into our home. We don't have to go to a store. We can just go to our yard and just, and just get it out of there. And, and, um, so I, I love that your philosophy is just to make it easy to not have more stuff to store and to, um, and that you don't have to go buy a bunch of stuff. Cause I, I feel like, especially with, um, you know, we're really in this consumer culture that's being fueled by social media and I find my I'm sure you even still find yourself doing that that you're scrolling through and like man now I've seen this thing that I never knew about that now I feel like I have to have absolutely (laughs) and and I think your book really combats that and says like you know yeah I mean if you want to buy it go for it if you love it if you're going to use it uh, go for it but um but you don't have to and I I think that that's a um so if you're in that place where you're feeling that sort of push to consumerism, um, Michaelin's her feed as well as her book are really great. Um, I don't know, just really great um, thoughts to digest that will kind of give you a little bit of a break from that. Mm, thank you. Thank you for that. And so what else are you up to outside of the book? Because, you know, being a New York Times bestseller just isn't enough on its own. So. <laughs> What so? What else are you up to? I know people can find you on Instagram yeah. at the Nestor. We um, um, and you have a community as well. Right? I do. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite place to hang out. It's just a private community that um, it's like a ten dollar a month. We call it the Cozy Minimalist Community, and we work through our home one room at a time. So we only open three times a year, and when we open, you know, we get new people. Old people stay if they want. You can always leave if you want. Um, and then we close and we start working through a room. So it goes through the Cozy Minimalist Home book, which was my last mm-hmm. book. And um, everyone picks a room. We share photos. We share progress. There's assignments every week. It's very graceful. So there's no grading. You know, if you're just in there to hang out and watch and learn, you can. But some people, you know, will take photos of their room every week and ask questions and, you know, about layout. So we work through the steps. So, you know, part of getting your home Uh, looking the way you like is just by making the decisions in the right order. And I found that um, I used to just, I used to make decent design decisions, but I was doing them all in the wrong order. And it helps if you know (laughs) when to buy the sofa or when to put the sofa in the right place, as opposed to when to hang the art or when to hang the drapes. Those things make a big difference in your frustration level and your happiness level with your home. So our community does that. I also am all about hospitality. I mean, that's a big thing for me. So how do you do hospitality with people on the internet? Well, Chad and I have been hosting the Nest Fest at our house. We couldn't do it this year because of COVID, but um, we've had probably 6,000 people at our home over the past, I don't know, t- uh, five or six years. So we have a thousand people every year at our home for a fall festival. I do small 20 person weekend events. So it's fun just to have different ways to connect with um this online community of kindred spirits of women who love their home. I mean, like us, who we, we don't, we love our home and beauty is important to us, but not so much that we ruin the family budget or, you know, go drive ourselves crazy, insisting on perfection. So it's a really sweet community that I've just come to love so much. I have seen some of the before and after photos that you've shared of people's rooms who have gone through them. And I'm always like, dang isn't it amazing and they did it themselves. have you seen any of those shauna what sorry have you <laughs> so seen many any technical of issues so, so guys, for a while there <laughs> just so you know if shauna was like like 
Marion has completely hijacked this conversation <laughs> with Michael Lynn. It's because Shauna had internet issues. Yeah, no, I was and running up and down for my stairs, <laughs> restarting things. I'm sweating profusely now. So, yeah, yeah. we're so back. So she's back, and I've been texting her to let her know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so what was your question? <laughs> we were talking about Michael Lynn's community, yeah. and... Um, and have you seen any of the before and after pictures of people who have worked through kind of the cozy minimalist home no. way? Where and, do I see um, those? Man, you can see them on her her Instagram feed. Okay. She shares, I don't yeah, know when they're the last they're academyofhome.com. And it's what's great is they didn't go buy okay. all new furniture. The, most of them yeah. don't even paint their walls. They just put stuff in the right place. They shop their yeah. house. They use larger things instead of like 3,000 one-inch items. They're really thinking through like what is going to work on their mantle and yeah. hanging your grapes correctly, getting the right size rug, thinking through lighting. It is so empowering for these women. And for me, like to, cause yeah. we all do this kind of work, but we don't always see the results. So for me to get to see the results has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think communities have been awesome so that because as a blogger and I'm sure you felt this and maybe as an introvert, you didn't mind it too much that it's sort of you putting your information out into the world and you're not always getting a lot of feedback it, you're kind of mm-hmm. creating in a vacuum so being a part of a community can give you that like oh man this is this is what I'm sharing is connecting with people absolutely yeah Shauna did you have any questions for Michael <laughs> <laughs> since I totally took over the interview while you know I really I really didn't I'm sure you guys had a great conversation <laughs> I'm sure it was lovely. You can listen to it on um, on right. the Apple Podcasts yeah. and and anywhere you listen to podcasts, that's where I'll find it. Yeah, you I can know. Go to no, it. I really didn't. Other than maybe tell me, like, because I think this matters. Now that you're more established, now that your brand is more established, your business, your habits, all that stuff, you know, um, do you ever find yourself sort of falling? back into any habits that that are easier when when we first begin our businesses especially online you know like because your style and your approach um I just feel like it's such a niched area you know and it's it's so unique the way that you teach and the way you write and the kind of content you know that you share do you ever feel like that pressure or that nagging well maybe I should do this this way like so and so or the way they're doing it or have you just sort of mastered that you know what I mean oh yeah no I haven't mastered at all and I don't think it comes out of a conscious thinking like oh they're doing that I should try it I think I just yeah I see something over and over I mean Instagram is real good at that so I'll see these full room reveals and I'm like ooh, I'm not doing that and I have to remind myself well that's not what I do that's not what I'm here for but yeah it's easy to to see someone being really successful being themselves and doing something yeah. And then I'm like, well, I could probably do that, but I have to remind myself like, oh no, no, that's not, I, and for me, that means that's I'm a te- me. teacher. Like I really have to remind myself, yeah. I am a teacher. I'm not a DI, I'm not going to tell someone 20 steps to DIY something or give a food recipe. And yeah. it's, uh, it is, I, it's a daily almost thing because I have yeah. food recipes. I can, yeah. I can redo a room, but yeah. that is not where, um, I get the most, the, the, that doesn't give me the most life. Yeah. As far as my own unique introverted personality, and it doesn't mm-hmm. get the attention of my community, you know, it doesn't seem to help them the most. So for mm-hmm. someone else, that is the perfect thing for them. And so a lot of times, even if I can't catch it on the, the front end of like, oh, wait, I don't need to do that. 
what will catch it is if I do it and the response yeah. is fine, but like I'm exhausted or yeah. I know like I'll never do that again. You know, we've all done that. We've said yes yeah. when we should have said no. But the, the great thing about that is we learn to say no even stronger. And yeah. I do, I like, those are the lessons I never forget is when I say yes to something that really is not in my giftedness or my calling or my unique personality, the way I was mm-hmm. created and I regret it. Oh, it hurts so bad that I will never yes. do that again. So I don't regret that. Like, that's okay. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I kind of figured you'd say that. <laughs> but I was just curious. I wanted to hear your perspective because oh, yeah. I, do, I do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's important for, and I don't know, I told Marion, I, I said it in the group this week and um, in our mentoring group. I just feel like I'm kind of being hammered in these weird ways with that concept the last few weeks, you know, and it's just interesting to me because I find now that I'm sort of building my community again, the Mm -hmm. solo me, you know, not the creative exponent me. It's, it's a weird, I'm just learning a lot about myself now, you know, as opposed to the way I approached work. Um, you know, before back then. So it's just, it's interesting to me to hear other people's perspectives. I think that it's important for everybody to know that's just, it's just part of it. You know, that constant discovery of really what you want to do and and who you want to be and the way you want your days to feel. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's constant. So it is part of our job description. You have to be evaluating uh, and doing that. Like that is a part of the job. If you just do the same thing, and want to do that forever it it's just it's going to burn out and people are going to forget about you and it's just not going to have the same impact I love that part about our job because it's dynamic Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. me too yeah I do as well if I had to do the same thing over and over again that's I just couldn't yeah (laughs) I hope not built for that (laughs) yeah I like the challenge of change so have you ever met another Michael Lynn in your life I haven't, but I've heard of, I've heard there are others spelled a little differently. <laughs> I wish I had. It's a, it's a pain when I married a Smith. I mean, so dumb. <laughs> it's like the most unique first name in the world with the most common yeah, last name in the world. Moron. I mean, it's like a joke. It sounds like I made it up, but that, thanks mom. <laughs> I don't no, need a, a lot be- of Shauna's. I, I get it. Not a lot. <laughs> Um, so Michael and we always at the end of our episodes share a, um, a creative contraption and it's just something that we use in our creative work that we love because we Mm. love man, notebooks and brushes (laughs) and (laughs) pencils and pens and all sorts of things. Um, and so we wanted to ask if you would share one of your favorite creative tools that you use. Um, it can be, you know. A tech item it can be just as simple as a pencil or a notepad oh absolutely I love that question I'm so excited about it because you gave me a heads up um, <laughs> mine is the full focus planner have you guys heard of okay. that I have not no, no. I'm writing it down full focus okay planner. so it's my planner I it okay. um it's a quarterly planner so you need four a year it's hardback it's got um uh, bookmarks it was originally created by Michael Hyatt. So it was very manly at first, mm-hmm. only with like orange bookmarks and black. I lean towards like a manliness anyway. So it was perfect for me. I don't want any flowers, no yeah. stripes, no happy faces or kittens. Like I don't want me any of that on my work. Yeah. I mean, I want a kitten on my lap, but just not on my, on my planner. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I love it. They just I love the way it's set up. You get two, um, like a flat two page spread for every day. It helps you with your goals. Oh. So you put your yearly goals in it and then, you know, rewrite them every quarter. It helps you over the weekend uh, plan your most important things. So I have been using the full focus planner. Uh, I think I'm on my ninth one. So over two years, Wow, I love it. And then they come out with like prettier ones. Like they've upgraded it over time, but um, it has a strap that closes it. It goes in my purse. It goes with me everywhere on vacation. It's mm-hmm. my number one tool for um, everything I do. Very now, are cool. you, does this all come naturally to you? Are you sort of a planner, goal setter, all that naturally? Or do you have to sort of pin yourself down and make yourself do it? I'm a major, major goal setter. I'm not a major planner. So the planning that they work together so well that it's been really helpful because I'm like, oh, well, if I want to meet those goals, I have to actually do weekend planning and daily plan or like on Friday, you know, plan next week. So it's been good for me to learn how to do that. Cause I do love goals, but I never really connected that with like, Oh, actually my daily work, <laughs> that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna speak into my goals guys. <laughs> this flash took me like until two years ago to figure that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. We'll yeah. Have to, have to check well, that if out. you've I used it that long, it clearly is, um, you know, yeah. it's working for you. Oh, so. yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, and you manage a lot. So it, I think it, you know, it's proven to be an effective way for you. So it might be worth checking out for mm-hmm. other people, definitely. So thanks for sharing that with us. And thanks for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate it. I know. It. I'm sure um, it was wonderful. <laughs> But guys, if you don't follow the nester, Ugh. you really want to, you really want to go follow her because not only is it just like, it's beautiful and vi- a visually inspiring feed, but, um, she's so encouraging. Yeah. I think Michael Lynn is one of those people who's a really good thinker and has a knack for saying things in a way that's like, like you said uh, a couple of weeks ago, let, let your fridge run around naked. And it's yeah. just like, basically, just take all the crap off your fridge and your kitchen's going to look worlds better. Right. But you just have a way of saying things that where it's funny, it's not judgmental, it's encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are just going to want to get in on that. Yep. Um, and of course, her new book, Welcome Home, you can get that mm, anywhere so books good. are sold. So you'll want to check that out as well to do, um, just to get a different take on seasonal decorating. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you guys. This was so fun. You're way too good to me. I love you both. I miss you as well. Yeah, we should do this more often, maybe just, you know, once a quarter, say hello, catch up. It's not a bad yeah, idea. We'll have to have you back again. Yeah, really. The podcast is just a way to like secretly hang, hang out, out with people you want to hang out <laughs> with. That's <laughs> all it is. We're both geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael and thanks so much. And guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And we hope that you'll join us next time. Thank you for listening to the Creative Exponent podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like the Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.